Welcome to the History of the Batman with London, brought to you by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles in Hollywood, California. This is where we relive the defining moments of one of the most iconic figures in comic art and literature, the Batman. My name is Adam Silverstein, a.k.a. Wednesday's Finest, and as always, I am joined by London. From the shadows, we have Shadow Adam. I don't know if he'll make an appearance today, but he is in the shadows. History of the Batman with London is produced and engineered by Mason Booker. We are here at Meltdown Comics 7522, Sunset Boulevard. How you doing, London? I'm doing great today. It is a beautiful day here at Meltdown. Yes, it is. Nice and sunny, and it's the holiday weekend. And woo, There awesome. you go. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. So... Today is a special day. It is. It's a beautiful day, but it's a sad day, too. It's a little sad. It's a little <laughs> sad. We started something a while back, yeah, you and I. Yeah, a year ago now, yeah. which is crazy. And it's essentially the live portion of this, or well, while I'm sitting in studio, is coming to an end. Yeah. I'm moving. I know. <laughs> so tell everyone where you're moving. I'm moving to Switzerland. Which... When I first heard that, I was like, what? I don't even, I can't process it. Yeah. Which that's, a, it's huge. It's, it's huge. It's not 20 minutes away. No. <laughs> no. It's not even cross country. No. It's cross oceans. <laughs> yeah. So, and I know you've been planning, to, preparing to move and you're all, you're everything. Yeah. It's, it's a huge transition. It's all going. Yeah. It's all going. And uh, yeah, I'm sad to <laughs> uh, leave the friendly confines of Meltdown Comics, but hopefully I'll be able to remotely be a part of the show at times, but I think uh, we'll have Mason take over yes. in my place until I can make it back or... If I don't make it back, then Mason's just going to run with it. And if you like Mason better, well, then great, because he's going to be here. I hope you do. So, Mason, nice work filling in. Oh, uh, yeah. Tons of positive feedback with Mason here. Yeah. But, of course, I, when I first did the first episode, I was so nervous because mm -hmm. I've never done anything like this before, podcasting and all of this. And you definitely made it more comfortable for me to do these episodes yeah. and... You've been helping me this whole entire well, time, and so you. I can never uh, repay you for that. Oh, you have repaid no, me. Oh, come on. You've been amazing. <laughs> Your growth has been special, and just listening to you on the show when I'm even not here, it's it's just as enjoyable when I'm here. I'm always learning something, and uh, I actually brought some gifts today. You did. I did. Well, first of all, um, I always bring gifts, or lately I've been bringing gifts for you because I'm clearing out my stuff, and there's yes. stuff that you know, I'm ready to part with, and I know that you'll <laughs> appreciate it uh, more than most. So my first gift it is a Loot Crate box, nice. an old Loot Crate box that I had, and it just so happens that Loot Crate is a sponsor of ours. Yes, and what's the deal with Loot Crate and us? Do you know the deal? I mean, I do. Well, first of all, Loot Crate is awesome. I always, when I do get Loot Crate, there's special exclusive items like Funkos, which I love. Sometimes it's apparel, like T-shirts and socks and other things. And yes, Loot Crate is our sponsor. And you get a whole bunch of items for really great price, like, right. like about $20. But if you go to lootcrate.com slash H-O-T-B, yep. which is History of the Batman, yep, yep. and you enter the code H-O-T-B-3, yep. you get $3 off of your first oh. subscription, which is boss. So, so good. Yeah. So I've got a Loot Crate box <laughs> for you, and I'm going to just pull out some stuff. Sweet. And uh, then you can see what it is. And then obviously this is like <laughs> kind of what... You know, fans and listeners will get if you do subscribe to Loot Crate. So, this, this is a great box actually that I've, I'm giving you. So, it starts off with a Deadpool t-shirt. Oh, nice! And he's hanging upside down or flipping, and he tacos. says tacos. <laughs> Two guns in the air. Uh, you've got a Loot Crate exclusive Q-Fig Deadpool figure. Oh, geez. My Deadpool collection is just growing oh, by yeah. the second. <laughs> you've got a Walking Dead exclusive collectible minifigure. Nice. <laughs> you've got your Loot Crate pin. 
Awesome. And you've got Loot Crate exclusive Whoa. soap on a ears, ears from Walking Dead. <laughs> so, and yeah, that's a Loot Crate exclusive, so you can't get that anywhere else. Yeah, this whole box it's is just, exclusive. That's sweet. Well, thank you. So that's you. your gift, thank one of your gifts. <laughs> the other gifts I've got for you is I've got a Dustin Wynn sketchbook <laughs> nice. signed. Dustin Oh, Dustin Wynn's one of my favorites. And as you can see, that is a heavily Batman-themed sketchbook. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. It has his hush and all kinds of good stuff So here. I got that at Comic-Con, oh, and that is you. now yours. Oh. <laughs> I have thank got you. a T-shirt for you. This is my sister works on Injustice. That's right. Yep. You told she me She works that. at NetherRealm Studios, and nice. so I went to E3, and they handed out exclusive... <gasps> oh. That's so cool. Yes. So it's got all the major players and their symbols. That and... is rad. Oh, my gosh. So there's this Thank t-shirt you. for you. <laughs> this is actually for Shadow Adam, although you two could fight over at the sides. It's a Batman <laughs> Superman wallet. <laughs> that is so cool. So we, we were just talking about the other day how we both need new wallets. Yeah. So we might fight over this. There you go. <laughs> now, Shadow Adam, I've got a Superman pin button for you. <laughs> I'll let him have that. Yeah, I, I figured out. Yeah, this is actually one of my favorite comics. I just thought this was fun. Uh, Pang, the wandering Shaolin monk. There is a little... Um, these guys practice kung fu. Oh, okay. Cool. And there's a team iron crotch. <laughs> and so what they do is kick each other in the you know what and nice. then master their kung fu. So I don't know if you're into that, but I will wear this button proud. It's just cool. That's so cool. Then <laughs> another cool gift that I've got for you is this I collected. Just you know, I collect everything. It's just crazy. <laughs> but I collected all the power rings. <gasps> For the Green Lanterns. Oh, my gosh. And no so way. you have the, I think that's the pink one, the blue one. I don't know the, you know, you've got the black yeah, one, what? the red one, the red lanterns. It's funny because I always see all the rings at, at comic shops and stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm going to collect them one day. And I never have. But they're all right there. They're all right here in a nice satin red bag oh, for you. Oh, that, this is, there's so much here. I, okay. Oh, it doesn't you. stop. What? It doesn't stop. This is crazy. Um, <laughs> this, I have no idea if anyone wants this, but I've got <laughs> 10 uh, trading cards for the Bill and Ted's most typical movie cards. They're pretty cool unopened pack, so that's another thing. These are my two classic old, old Pez dispensers. I've <gasps> got a Batman. Batman Look at that. Oh. That's, that's a classic. That's that is old. a classic one, yes. And then a Spider-Man to match. Ah. Yep. <laughs> and then, do you remember I told you about Hero Clicks? Yeah. So I got a exclusive Batman promo oh, figure. Geez. And just so he can have some friends, there's a Green, <laughs> Lantern, Green Lantern and a Mr. Freeze. Ah. I'm going to have to take a picture of all of this, and I will post it so you guys can see all of the awesome stuff I just got. I I, oh, I feel so bad I didn't get you anything. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> You're the one that's moving. Well, actually, you are getting me something. You're getting me space. And so I appreciate that because <laughs> true. just so everyone knows, I am selling <laughs> off my comic collection. Uh, Mason here will be handling the eBay of that. So if you want to get in touch, you can talk to him. But I have got over 9,000 comics that I'll be selling. <laughs> yes. Um, and they are amazing. <laughs> and if we want to talk, you know, Batman, what I've got with regards to Batman, I mean, I'm happy to just share with some people. I mean, I've got Batgirls, but, you know, Batman, the uh, volume one, right? With all those, I mean, it's loading, but I've got all these digitized, and it's just ridiculous, the ones I've got. Oh, Mason's got a question. It constantly comes up. Are they graded or certified? They're not graded. They're not certified. Good question, Mason. They have been either read once, or the code was taking off off from the Marvel, so I could put them in the... Um, 
into the uh, iPad. But I've never, but I read them once, and then I put them in a bag and board, and they've been sitting in a bag and board. So they have not. So they're pretty much near mint. They're near mint. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. I bought them. I would read them. Out of all these nine thousand comics that I'm talking about, I probably read all nine thousand. Mm-hmm. There might. Once, at least once. I've read them once. So I never bought to collect Mm -hmm. in terms of I want the variant issues. I bought because I wanted to read the stories, which you can appreciate because that's what you did a ton of and have done. (laughs) So like Batman Volume 1, I mean, I've got 608, you know, when Hush began. 608 through, it looks like, I mean, wow. I have a lot. You're still scrolling. I'm still scrolling. And so it looks like I've got 608 through um, 656. Nice. And it just goes on. It just goes on from there. So, oh, yeah, the the second page went from 657 to uh, 687, and then I went to 700. So I pretty much got all those, and then, you know, Batman and Robin, Batman and the Monster Men, Batman Confidential, Batman Incorporated, Batman Danger Girl, Batman Deathblow, nice. Batman Superman, Batman <laughs> Battle for the Cow, you know, Gotham Knights. So I definitely got into Batman for a little bit there. The Dark Knight <laughs> series with oh, uh, yeah. Finch when mm-hmm. he was drawing. That's great. That's a great series. So anyways, those will be up if you want to talk to Mason or chat at London and find out when the auctions are going, uh, we can figure out how to get you comics because I've got a ton. <laughs> anyway, so there it is. Wow. Well, like I said, it's 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 bittersweet, of course, because although I'm happy for you starting this next part in your life and everything with your family, and I know you guys are going to have a great time still gonna miss you, well, thank you so <laughs> i think the much. whole meltdown comics family is going to miss you all right but i especially will well miss i you. will miss you too <laughs> and i will say this 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 has been the your show is the the basically the standard you know when i think about all the meltdown podcasts um your show to me is the most important show obviously i love anime attic produced by mason booker uh, and the host, Mason. Uh, but, you know, we've got Pod Sequentialism with Matt Kennedy. We've got Two Packs a Week. We've got great, great shows. But to me, History of the Batman is the is the leader of the pack. It was oh. the first show. <laughs> it is our strongest show. It's grown the most. I absolutely love being a part of it. So thank you very much for letting me no, be here. Thank you. Like I said, I don't think it'd be... Where it is now, or at least me being comfortable doing the show. You definitely helped me with that, so I'm very appreciative of that. It's all teamwork. It's all teamwork. (laughs) Well, let's go into uh, the final episode that I'll be a part of, at least (laughs) in the near future. And what are we going to be talking about today? Okay, well, I thought we could focus on a publication that both has amazing Batman stories, but is also historic for DC Comics in its own right, and that is Legends of the Dark Knight. Okay. Now, Legends of the Dark Knight, it began in 1989. Now, the first uh, comic Batman was in was Detective Comics 27, and then in spring of 1940, Batman number one started. And up until 1989, so for those 40-plus years, Batman and Detective Comics were the only two publications that had that was a, considered a Batman solo title. Now, Batman was in other comics like Justice League of America and The Brave and the Bold and books like that, but just Batman and Detective Comics were seen as Batman books. Mm-hmm. Now, when Legend of the Dark Knight began, which was right off the heels of Tim Burton's Batman film with Michael Keaton and kind of the new transitioning for the darker, more modern tales like Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns and Batman Year One, this book would be another Batman solo book, and it's the first within those 40 years. Wow. So already it's, an, it's, it's historic. And now, of course, there are all these different 
Batman books and even the ones that you mentioned when you were going in the collection that you have. There are a lot of just solo Batman books that are just focused on Batman and the Batman family and his mythology. But in from the 40s to the 80s, it was just the two that we're still familiar with now. Right. It's hard to believe that that happened, that, you know, that there weren't as many books as you think there right. were. Right. It didn't start off that way. And of course, Batman, even today, is perhaps the most popular. And in terms of his characters or even him himself has the most books, I think probably second would be be Superman and he has it's Superman and action comics and all the other kind of books that are short series but Batman him him and his family and Robin and Batgirl and all of those characters have their own books and so today it's really popular but then it was only just the two right it's interesting when I was looking back at the volume one Batman Mm -hmm. volume one I mean that just ended in 2011 It wasn't that long ago. Right. And it had such high numbers. I mean, I read off some of the high numbers, Mm -hmm. but to think now that it's, I think they're on volume four now, probably. Mm -hmm. Right. And even Or maybe volume three. And even with um, DC Rebirth, they were going back to the original numbers for like Detective Comics and Action Comics, and they're starting back. Oh, they are? Yes. Well, there you go. That was part of the Rebirth. But yes, once... uh, the new 52 started in 2011. They just had one volume the entire time. And Detective Comics is actually the longest running American comic book publication still. Um, so, it, of course, just it having over 800 <laughs> books and most of them are just the focus of Batman. That's why I think even he still holds the title of being uh, the the character in the most comics within DC Comics, maybe within American comic books. Right. And a uh, <laughs> shameless plug here, the new 52 Batman. Mm-hmm. I have got the run from zero right. to number 28. That's awesome. The complete run. Oh, I know someone wants that. <laughs> To well, yourself. You <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I want that. Yeah, no, right. no. <laughs> no, of course, I'd want probably all of the Batman books you have that I don't have. But that could maybe happen. if you want to sell them, I totally understand. Oh, I, you know. <laughs> if, if the offer's too good to be true, otherwise, we can work something out. Well, that's cool. Maybe that'll be the uh, 10% storage fee. Maybe. <laughs> that could work. That could work. All right. (laughs) But, yes, so Legends of the Dark Knight, that started in 1989, and it ran from 89 to 2007, and that's what we're going to focus on today. We're going to focus on the first volume because it not only gives us a look at, well, these stories, at least in Legends of the Dark Knight, they don't really flow into the regular continuity of Batman and Detective Comics at the time. They would talk about the quote-unquote early adventures or early stories or untold stories or first encounters Batman, um, Batman has with villains and other allies. And we're going to focus on a few that I think are either really memorable stories that I think any Batman fan should read if you haven't, and some have even tied into other continuity, other comics that we would see later on. It ties into the bigger story in other Batman comics. Okay. And so would Legends of the Dark Knight, would that be rotating creators? Yes. That would be different writers and artists with each arc. Uh, arc would probably, if it's not just a one shot, it would probably be four to five issues mm. long. And yes, it would continuously have, I mean, some writers came back like uh, Dennis O'Neill, um, we're going to talk about a couple of his stories, but there just there were tons of different writers. So was this involved. series created more for showcasing new creative teams and get it, having them have a chance to work on Batman, or was it just to add, um, you know, greater depth to the character or a new interpretation of the history, or maybe a combination of both? It would probably be a combination of both because we do see newer artists and writer teams that we haven't seen even in the regular Batman Detective Comics run. And then again, some stories we'll talk about they will add on to. 
future stories that we'll see that are major Batman stories. Um, so I think it's a little bit of both. I think it does add depth to the character. It gives us another look at not just Batman, but also popular villains and kind of just smaller things in the mythology like the Batcave or the development of or even his origin story in a way. Um, I think, like I said, some of them are early tellings or early stories, so a lot of it will be early in his career, whereas, of course, now, or at least at the time, for Batman Detective Comics, it's in the regular continuity. And I also like Legends of the Dark Knight because it was a huge book in the 90s. I think it told a lot of really popular stories within that decade, and 90s Batman in itself developed in a lot of ways, and added new characters, new Batgirl, and even just new or major storylines like No Man's Land and Nightfall. And there were a lot of huge major arcs within this period, and Legend of the Dark Knight kind of fit right into uh, those stories. Okay, so you're going to hit a few stories. Yeah, we're going to focus on a few stories and say some probably honorable mentions, but some that I think are could be essential in terms of if you want to jump into this publication that maybe you haven't even right. read anything. And, and by the way, how are, are these available? Can, I mean, other than, you know, mining people's collections? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Even the ARCs themselves, a lot of them are in trade paperbacks if you want to collect them by ARC and not just by the four or five different comics. Um, there are Legends of Dark Knight volumes. Uh, even recently, maybe about a year ago, there was a uh, Legends of the Dark Knight Spectacular. It's like a 100-page spectacular that collected some old stories, had a new story. So there are different trade paperbacks you can collect, whether if you go here to Meltdown or you go on Amazon or other places. You can read probably the stories that I'm going to talk about today, I'm sure, are all collected in a trade paperback, or you can find, even if it's one single comic, you can find them easily online mm-hmm. if you can't find them in your comic store. Or digitally, if you go right. on the DC Comics app, Comixology, all of those great uh, digital comic book apps. Okay. You can find them there, too. Well, let's hear about one of these stories. Okay, well, the first one is going to be the first arc of the entire book. Um, it is a Dennis O'Neill story, and it uh, ran through issues one through five, and it was in from November of 1989 to March of 1990, and it's called Shaman. Now, what I like, first of all, about issue number one is that since it was the first issue, it came in different colored covers. Right. There were... Uh, it was like green, yeah, orange, it was like blue, purple. Right, all of those colors. And so you can either collect all of them or you collected one. Um, I think I have a couple different colors. I can have one that's yellow. It's a nice I can silhouette. Have one that's blue. Right, right. yes. Um, so that's already fun. And if you are a collector that wants all of the different colored ones, you can search for those online too. They might have some in the back issues in your local comic book shop. Um, it's issue number one. So uh, hopefully it won't be uh, too pricey. No, they're not. They're not, right? No. It's not marked up really that uh, high. 9.4 rating is selling for about $3. Oh, Perfect. There you so go. you can They're easily affordable. collect them. Yes, they are affordable, which it's kind of hard sometimes with comics. You never know. Some you issues know. are one issue could be twenty dollars, others can be three or four. So right. you just gotta look. But I think those are fun to collect. Um, and yes, so this story, it's a Dennis O'Neill story. It uh, combines Frank Miller's uh, reintroduction of Batman's origin story, which he did in 1987, uh, Batman Year One. And that was more to give a new version of the origin story after Crisis on Infinite Earths, which rebooted the entire DC universe, and that put us into this post-crisis continuity. Um, This story... It shows Batman in these early years and kind of is a retelling of the uh, the Detective Comics from 1939. Um, Batman, while he is traveling, I think we know we've seen other stories where after Batman's parents are murdered and he wants vengeance for them, he wants to avenge them. He travels around the world and trains his mind and body. And in this story, he goes to Alaska. 
or mm. he goes to Alaska and he fights this assassin and he's badly wounded. And when he is saved by this um, shaman, he tells him of this story of a bat. It's kind of like an urban legend. And he takes the imagery that he gives them back when he travels back to Gotham City. And then it's a it's it's visually a retelling of him trying to figure out how he's going to be this new persona vigilante and the bat flies through the window and he decides to become the batman to strike fear in the hearts of criminals and this is his start to becoming this character um and then once he begins to be batman he starts to hunt down these um these cult members and they link back to this Alaskan shaman and he has to juggle tracking them down and not harming anyone in Gotham and at the same time kind of like we see in Miller's year one we see him trying to be this vigilante that he envisions this um, this Batman because it's new for him this is an early story he's just starting out to being to being Batman and we have we see the struggle that he has in this and trying to take to heart what he learned from the shaman all mm. the way in Alaska. So, you know, in past episodes, you've talked to me about Elseworlds. Yes. Is this considered an Elseworld origin? I would say that I don't know if it would be an Elseworld origin because the origin story that at least with the bat flying through the window and in Wayne Manor and that origin is the same as it was back in uh, in 1939 when right. and so maybe the part we get a the little shaman the part. shaman part is completely new that is a completely new story from Dennis O'Neill we haven't seen that within the origin so it just could like you said it could put Batman's journey in more depth because mm. we really didn't just see adding it. to it's it. It's just adding to it. There are only a few uh, comics even up until this point where we see Batman traveling in this in-between time of traveling to all over the world to before he becomes Batman. We saw it in other stories like The Man Who Falls a few years before this and in that and the man who falls those stories were influenced even in um christopher nolan's batman begins where we see batman traveling and then he's trained um under liam neeson's character um, raz agul but the part with uh the shaman and him in alaska and discovering this bat uh figure that will influence him to be batman that is relatively new um so it could be considered an Elseworld or something that maybe wouldn't be canon, I suppose, because this isn't referenced really in other Batman stories, even mm. in the regular continuity. But like we've said um, about Legends of the Dark Knight, these are stories that are, they add to the mythos. They give a little bit more insight into the character. And these are quote unquote untold stories. These are these are tales that we haven't seen before, but still give us more insight to maybe the mythology that we do know about him traveling, about him, about the bat flying in the window, about him taking on this <laughs> shadow of the bat. Um, so this sto- this arc, it's the first five issues is and By the way, the great. covers are fantastic from yes. two to five. Yes. It's a continuation cover. Right. So it's Batman's face morphing and cracking mm-hmm. and becoming something new right. until finally in issue five, he is a full figured Batman busting out of a skull. Right. So if you collect those that entire one through five visually. Yeah. It's amazing. That'd actually be a nice uh, framed piece if mm-hmm. you got... If you got all of them. In consecutive yes. order. Very cool. Definitely. So um, the next arcs, um, this is an honorable mention because I love Grant Morrison's work. It's gothic. And those are the next um, issues within the series. But one of my favorite, I think, uh, Batman stories just in all of the Batman stories that there are, um, there it's Legend of the Dark Knight uh, issues 16, it's 16 through 20, and that's Batman Venom. Mm. And I think 
at least when we talk about Batman in all of the episodes and all the shows on the blog and everything, one of the things that people like about the character is that he's human. He doesn't have superpowers and he goes off of his intellect and his physical perfection and all of these things and gadgets and everything that he creates to be just on the same level as characters like Superman and Wonder Woman and Flash and all of these characters. But in Venom, which is a another Dennis O'Neill story, and it um, just the covers are by um, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, which I love those covers, and he did amazing work. And the illustrations are uh, by Trevor Vaughn Eden. This story, it definitely shows Batman's human nature and kind of uh, shines a light on the weakness that this character can have. And um, in this story, it starts that Batman, he fails to save a life of a young girl who is in peril. And he feels after this failure that he is not at his best. He thinks that he is a failure himself, and he tries to figure out how to make himself stronger, make himself able to assure that this would not happen again, that he could save everyone in in a sense. And he actually experiments with this trial drug that the girl's father was working on, and it is called Venom. Hmm. Now, as we know, or at least if you are familiar with the character Bane, who was introduced uh, uh, two years after this. Right. He's introduced two years after this in um, Batman Vengeance of Bane from January 1993. Um, Bane's drug, he uses the steroid venom, and that makes him an an even stronger man. And, of course, this all leads to... Bane being the main villain in the story Batman Nightfall and the climax of that arc is Bane breaking Batman's back and he systematically uh, breaks him down mentally and physically. So the first time we actually see Venom within the DC Universe is in this Dennis O'Neill story and Batman is the one that actually uses it for the first time and he becomes addicted to this drug and he spirals out of control and he eventually in this arc has to lock himself within the bat cave mm. to um for almost a rehab in a sense he locks himself in the bat cave he can't escape he locks himself for 30 days and he tries to get off of this drug um and i think at least in all of the stories that we've read about Batman, um, whether it's Batman, Detective Comics, whether he's working with other heroes, whether he's working by himself or just with Robin, you don't really see Batman at such a weak state. You don't see him... Addicted. Um, yeah, he's addicted to a drug, which that is... I mean, he he's human. He can succumb to this. And within all of the stories we've seen... I mean, we've never seen him at such a weak point, and it isn't until Batman Nightfall, which happens two, three years later, that we would see him broken, literally broken by now he's known as the man who broke the bat with the same drug that weakened him even before Bane existed. Um it's an interesting tale, I think, because you see the human that's behind the cape and the cow. Because we always know Batman is strong in all aspects of his being, but he's actually at probably the weakest point in his life. And it was something that was crippling to him even before Bane crippled him physically in the right. comics. Um, I think, I mean, combined with Dennis O'Neill's storytelling and the cover art, which is amazing, one of them is uh, Batman fighting a shark because he does fight a shark in this story. And uh, I always mention that, especially I think this is from, we're recording this now, this is like the end of Shark Week, I think, on Don't. Discovery Channel. <laughs> so if you want to see Batman fighting a shark, it's not just the Adam you West. You can continue uh, your Shark Week yes, experience. Yes, you can continue this if you read uh, Batman Venom or you can get your hands on uh, the, the arc um, but with combined with the cover art and even um, Trevor Von Eden's 
layouts and the panels themselves. I think it's an amazing story. It, like I said, it's one of my favorites. And I always think that seeing Batman at weak points like this makes me appreciate the character even more because he fights through whether it's addiction or him being physically hurt or mentally scarred. And he triumphs over this. But even at the end of this story, he seems... Um, still shaken at the fact that he went so far down being addicted to this drug and he says that he never wants to be in that situation again and I think that that can relate to people who I mean who know the feeling of being addicted of being part of something that's bad for you whether it's drugs or, or anything really and that just puts Batman on more of an even playing field that he's human just like the people that are reading his, the comics and the stories so Batman Venom I think is one of as one of the best Batman stories I think period Wow, I would say it's that's, one of my favorites I read it all the time <laughs> what's and, all the time I mean, I probably read it once every few months. Wow. I really like it. It's, yeah. It is one of my favorites. If and I how mean, do you read it? I have the I have the issues. Oh, you have the same issues. I have issues. 16 through 20, yes. Nice. So I, re- I read those. Good for you. Because <laughs> so. when I was organizing all my comic books and trying to think about rereading, mm-hmm. It was so overwhelming. <laughs> but you have so many. That's but, true. Yes. But for me, I, I literally have to think, okay, if, there, if there's a story that I do want to reread, or even if it's something that I'm reading for the blog or something, I'm like, oh, I want to reference that. Yeah, I have to look through everything. And it's, it go. can be overwhelming. But. But if you just sit there and you just stare at it all, yeah. and you're like, hmm, which one am I going to read? I'm sure that's even That is, worse. A, yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> you have a plan. Yes, I do. I, I can't just jump into it. It's <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> but yes, Batman Venom is important, not just because it is a great Batman story, but it sets up future stories like Batman Nightfall and the character Bane and what all of that means for the character within these early 90s stories. So the next story that I think is a good one, it's just one issue, and it's the anniversary issue. It is Legend of the Dark Knight 50. Uh, It is from September 1993, and it is called Images. Mm -hmm. And I have this issue also because uh, the cover is, I think, now a very popular cover. I think you've probably seen the poster and on shirts and everything. It's Brian Bolin, which Brian Bolin is perhaps... He is my favorite Joker artist. Okay, okay, good. I was like, I'm trying to, like, to tweak it. Like, You're he being is, specific I about am it. being specific, because I love his work, but I love when Brian Bolin draws the Joker, which yes. is why Killing Joke is one of my favorites, because he draws that entire graphic novel, but I love his Joker, and he's drawn Joker for other issues in Batman comics over the years as well. But this one, he has the big smiling grin, and he's holding the cat, mm-hmm. and the cat has the same Joker grin. How do you he, pronounce that? The Cherish? How do you pronounce it, Mason? The cat in Alice in Wonderland? Cheshire. Cheshire. Yes. <laughs> Cheshire cat. Yes. It looks like Yeah, that, it's amazing. Right? It's yes. a fantastic, fantastic um, piece. And this story is a retelling technically of Batman and Joker's first encounter. So we talked about how a lot of the Legends of the Dark Knight stories say their early years and first encounters. Well, this one is a retelling, not just of the first, just a first encounter with Joker, but it is a modern retelling of the first time we see Joker in comic books, which is Batman number one from 1940. And it's a retelling of that same story with a little twist. Um, But... Batman, once he breaks up this mob gang, he comes across a Joker who he doesn't recognize at first. Uh, He doesn't know who he is, but he begins to team up with Commissioner Gordon and the GCPD, and they're trying to protect the several targets that Joker has. And in the same fashion he did in Batman number one, he says, I'm going to kill so-and-so at midnight. I'm going to kill this person at this time. And they're trying to stop this from happening and mm-hmm. slowly when they're trying to stop one person they're too late um, the deaths happen and 
Batman is trying his best to make the victim count <laughs> much, much smaller. And of course, all of the victims are killed through the Joker's laughing venom, which is why you'd see that on the cover. And it was the same even in Batman number one, Joker used uh, the laughing venom. And this also just kind of shows how the character was in its first time in comic books. He was this evil character who just killed people left and right, uh, no regard, just thought it, I mean, he was just a mass murderer. Right. And of course, once in the 50s when the Comics Code Authority began and Joker had to become more of a gimmick character and he couldn't be so dark, uh, we see why Neil Adams and Dennis O'Neill made him this dark character again in the 70s in Batman 251. I mean, originally Joker was created to be this literally this evil clown killing people with laughing gas and laughing venom. And as uh, Batman tries to track down the Joker to stop him from killing all these people, he remembers why uh, that he is familiar with Joker because he remembers that, and this calls back to Joker's origin story that was back in 1951 when he was the Red Hood and he had, and he was with his goons and he fell into um, this vat in a chemical refinery and he transformed from this Red Hood character in this costume into the Joker. And at first, Batman didn't remember him. So technically, this book, that's the first encounter, they say the first encounter is him as the Red Hood, mm. which technically would be still the first. Right. That's that's the best origin story we have for the Joker, him as the Red Hood character. And that's seen also in Killing Joke. Um, but Batman finally uh, remembers that he knows Joker from that point, and they have a, a fight, and... Batman knocks him out in one swift punch, and he is taken to Arkham. Uh, but this, but images is a great story. It's a great Joker story. It's a great modern telling of Red Hood. I think the best um, Red Hood origin is Killing Joke. But within Legends of the Dark Knight, we get to see Batman and the dynamic between Batman and Joker. We see this first encounter. Um, we see great art, and this, like I said, this poster is now it's one. It's an iconic image now. Yep. Uh, it's in posters. It's on T-shirts. It's it's everywhere, really. And this issue is actually a great issue to collect because there is a section called Batman Visions of a Legend, and it has several posters that are inside of the comic um, from different artists. There's one from Jim Lee, P. Craig. Russell, uh, Brian Stelfreeze, several great artists, and they draw their own interpretations right. of Batman. And it's still f affordable, too. It is. How Not, much? How 9.4 rating, $6. Nice. See, yeah. you can you can totally get, the, <laughs> get these issues. Do you frame any comics? Um, I want to frame comics. I don't have any framed. I have CGC comics. That is right mm -hmm. now. Uh, the most we have, um, but I do want to frame them. It's just it's a process. Right, of framing. Right, no process. But yes, I I do I do think that if you can frame comics, if you can't get them CGC, um, I, and I think that's affordable, especially if you go to a place like Aaron's Brothers oh, or yeah. Michaels, and you can get nice frames for an affordable price. If you want to keep your comics nice, I think that's a good way. Well, but, and also yes. kind of displays the better covers because mm -hmm. you're right that cover is worthy of a of being hung up it is i i i love this issue and so much so i believe it was for a birthday not this year but i think last year uh i received from shadow adam i received the black and white statue of this cover mm. um and it's great it's joker holding the cat and it's based off of brian uh brian boland's work and yes i i am a huge fan of brian boland but like you said the legends dark Knight 50 is affordable and you should get it. It's a great story. And like like I said, it has all those different posters from amazing artists collected in this anniversary issue. So it is a, it is a great story. It's a must-have. It is. I think so. So <laughs> what do we got next? What's after that? 
Well, next, um, we are looking at another arc. Um, it is actually a part of what we mentioned earlier. We talked about uh, Batman Nightfall, mm-hmm. and we talked about how Venom played a part within Nightfall. Um, but as we'll see in other stories, which we're not going to go fully into detail, but there are about five or six issues that Legends of the Dark Knight crosses over into when it's during No Man's Land in uh, 1999. Um, but there are a few issues that uh, cross over within the Night Quests and Night's End arcs, which are all part of the Batman Nightfall. It's um, during the time where Batman or Bruce Wayne is recovering from being uh, his back broken by Bane, and we have Jean-Paul Valley as the new Batman, and it's within this whole time, and when Bat- when Bruce heals and returns to Gotham and goes to fight Jean-Paul Valley to fight back for uh, the mantle of Batman. And Legends of the Dark Knight was one of the crossover arcs um, for Night Quest. It was Legends of the Dark Knight number 59 through 61, which is another Dennis O'Neill story. Let's see a theme. <laughs> I wasn't purposely trying to get all Dennis O'Neill, but he Look. did write. He is an incredible writer, so it is no surprise that some of the most memorable stories within this arc is from Dennis O'Neill. And in this story, we see Bruce, who is still healing from being broken by ba- by Bane, and Alfred. They go to Europe, and they're searching for uh, Tim Drake's father, who Tim Drake at this time is the current Robin. Um, he's the third Robin. And, and Bruce is also visiting his physical therapist. Um, and they learn that she has been kidnapped by her evil brother, Benedict Asp. And so in this, as the time that they're looking for Tim Drake's father, they're also trying to find um, Chandra, who is his physical therapist. And while Alfred and Bruce are going through all of these adventures and they finally find him, Alfred, um, he knows that Bruce is trying to heal to go back to Gotham to become Batman again. And Alfred, like we've seen in other stories, Alfred usually, if if Batman ever gets seriously hurt or he's concerned about him, because of course, Alfred is like a surrogate father to Bruce. He worries about him. He worries about him in his mental state, him being physically okay. And he doesn't want him to be Batman anymore. Or more, he doesn't support him being Batman because the last time he was Batman, he almost died. Bane almost killed him. And so he tells him in uh, issue 60, in Legends of the Dark Knight 60, that if he is going to go back and be Batman, he cannot work for him or be a part of his uh, life or his life as Batman anymore. And so he leaves. And there it's about a few issues where Alfred is on his own and he travels. And it isn't until a... um, a one shot where Nightwing travels and finds him in London and he has to bring him back uh, to Gotham and he agrees to become uh, part of the Batman family again. Um, So this section of Legend of the Dark Knight, uh, it crossed over into the Night Quest and then it crosses over again into issue 62, Legend of the Dark Knight 62, and that's part of Night's End. And this is the issue where Batman and John Paul Valley fight for uh, the mantle of Batman and Bruce Wayne eventually wins and John Paul Valley kind of has this breakdown and kind of admits to him that I never really was Batman that it's always been you and mm. it's kind of an interesting revelation at the end of the story uh, and it's a it's a great way to wrap up this epic arc that Nightfall was in the sense of the Batman family and how that affected everyone within the family and so Legends of the Dark Knight had a huge part in that so if so I'm sure if you try to collect even if you do have the if you get the trade paperback of Batman Night's Quest and Batman Night's End those Legends of the Dark Knight stories will be in that trade paperback. Okay. So, or if you're trying to collect them just in the comics, you need to collect those issues as well. There you go. 
Dennis O'Neill. Yes, who is awesome. <laughs> is that your next creator? No, actually. Ah. <laughs> no, but we have talked about this story before on, I think, one or two episodes. Okay. Um, so if this sounds familiar, it is a J.M. DeMathis Going Sane. Going Sane. Yes. And it is a, a four part story. It's in uh, Legends of the Dark Knight 65 to 68, which is a another uh, arc that I have in the comics because it's it's another is one that of my good favorite. yes it is and it is a great Batman Joker story uh, kind of like images is a great Joker story and it is uh, it's what happens when Joker and Batman's feud seemingly ends because as we've seen in other Batman Joker stories um we see that Batman and Joker, they have to fight one another. One cannot exist without the other. They kind of have that yin and yang quality where if there's no Batman, should there really be a, be Joker? a Joker? And if there's no Joker, should there be a Batman? And we see that in this story um, when Batman is trying to rescue a kidnapped councilman by the Joker. They quarrel in this, uh, like, warehouse but it's wired with explosives and then the cabin explodes and batman is seemingly dead he is not you know he he is hurt really badly in doesn't the look like explode. he's coming right back. doesn't look like he's coming back and joker thinks that he's dead that batman is dead and once he has realized this he's like if there's no batman why am I Joker? Why am I doing this? And then he slowly um, transforms. The story then follows him literally becoming a reformed criminal. He's, his name is now Joseph Carr, and he is using this ointment to get his skin back to normal. He has a regular job. He lives in an apartment. He even starts dating this really nice woman mm. <laughs> named Rebecca Brown and he is having this normal life and Sounds he's a little weird. it is a little weird and he and this is literally just showing that if Batman isn't around Joker does not seem to think there's any reason to be Joker which strengthens the idea of their own kind of odd relationship that's I think goes beyond the whole you're the bad guy and I'm the good guy and I have to stop you as the bad guy. But weeks later, we discover that Bruce is alive and that he goes back to the Batcave. Even Alfred didn't know where he was. He didn't even call into Alfred, which he usually does. And even in the comics, you see that Alfred is concerned. But once... Uh, Joseph Carr, he reads in the paper that Batman is back in Gotham, and even though he was absent for a few weeks, he literally snaps and turns right back into being the Joker. And they have this fight that was in the same area that they were before within, like, this kind of cabin in the woods, and it literally is like the cycle returns back to the way it was, them fighting good and evil, fighting once again once Batman is back. And... What's interesting is that this yin and yang quality, I mean, within all of these issues in the book, I mean, it's it's fantastic. If you are looking for a great Batman Joker story and you see why one needs the other and you see why Joker is Batman's greatest enemy and they're both arch nemesis, it is really telling. I mean, even one of the quotes um Batman says, he says, we're on opposite sides, you and I, but there's one thing we have in common. We keep coming back. Mm. And I think that's their relationship, no matter what story you read, whether it's in Legend of the Dark Knight or the regular Batman publication or even stories now, um, even right now in Batman, I mean, um, in DC Rebirth, like Batman is still on the hunt trying to figure out who Joker is and I think he'll always be on that quest and Joker will always be somewhat within his I mean in his self-conscious I mean even um in this in the episode that we did two weeks ago when we talked about trophies of the Batcave and there is an oversized Joker playing card and we kind of discussed that I think 
while there isn't a solid background as to why there's a Joker playing card, I think that just calls to the fact that Joker is still out there and Joker is one of the main reasons why Batman is Batman, why Batman still continues his crusade for justice because Joker is still around and at large. So I think that just is a great story that focuses on this dynamic. There you go. And with that, maybe we should take a quick break? Yeah. Okay. And we're back. <laughs> yes. We've got Legends of the Dark Knight we are hitting on, and we've hit some very, very good, good, good... Stories. Yeah, some good arcs. <laughs> Sorry, I've been thinking about just that cover still with the Joker and the cat. Yeah, I mean, that thing just... is I'm, so good. <laughs> just, it's, it's actually, it's emblazoned in my mind. I mean, those smiles that... Uh, that he was able to capture or mm-hmm. just really something special. Yes. That's why Brian Boland is my favorite Joker. Yeah, I can understand it, it, that. I mean, there's really no... great work on oh, that character. So great, so great. So what other, uh, what other <laughs> so arcs do we have? So we're going to actually talk about one more main story, okay. and then I'll just kind of throw out a few arcs that are honorable mentions that are great stories, but we're not going to go fully into for this episode. Um, and this one is within the Legends of the Dark Knight number 94, and it is called Stories. Mm. And this is a great, um, it's just one comic, it's just this issue, and it's a Michael T. Gilbert is the writer, and it showcases the different interpretations of Batman throughout the years. And since we are History of the Batman here, and we talk about different aspects of this character throughout 77 years, this story is a must-read for anyone who is interested in the different ways Batman has been written and drawn over these seven decades. Mm. Um, So, in the story, there is a man, um, Saul Fisher, and he is on, he's a writer and he is being hunted down by this assassination group and him and other people are trapped in this elevator. So that is literally the setting of this story. And then other members, there are other Gothamites, other people that live in Gotham, they tell stories about their encounter with Batman. And of course, each story reflects differently on different types of Batman. So the first one is um, this elderly woman. Um, Her name is Julie Madison, which which if we look at uh, the name Julie Madison, that is uh, that was Batman's first love interest um, in 1939. And she tells the story of in this kind of golden age Batman um, and that uh, Batman is fighting a gothic um, vampire uh, and... It's reminiscent of the story when Julie Madison was in in the early Detective Comics when they're fighting um, the monk and they have to go to Hungary and they fight the werewolves and the vampires. And it's all reminiscent of um, Bob Kane and Gardner Fox and Jerry Robinson and all those first year Batman stories. So we get a look at the kind of high cal 1930s, 1940s golden age Batman with Julie Madison's story and then the next one is reminiscent of the 1950s batman which is in the style of artist dick sprang Mm -hmm. and um, a cop tells this story of him stopping um um criminals and it's like in the same kind of it's very gimmicky it's a lot of puns because it's a very like golden age turning the silver age 50s 60s light-hearted feel um and then the next one we're in we look at a story that's from the 70s it's very reminiscent of the neil adams dennis o'neill 70s um bronze age look and it tells about um it's a an encounter with Batman, and he's kind of heavily armored, and it it kind of is reminiscent, even though it's in the same uh, Neil Adams seventies feel. It kind of looks like the Batman, like Azrael, which is in which was in the current Batman Nightfall story that just ended not too long ago from this story. Right, and then the last one we. Um, we look at uh, a kind of more dark uh, Batman that's um, reminiscent 
of um, we looked at golden age, we looked at the silver age and bronze age, and then we looked at today. So we looked at all different kinds and. So you get a look at all of the different interpretations of Batman throughout the ages. You kind of are reminiscent of Bob Kane, Gardner Fox, um, Dick Sprang, Neil Adams, and even the writers today, like or at the time, like Chuck Dixon. And this story, or the book stories, issue 94, was um, loosely adapted to the new Batman Adventures episode, which is called Legends of the Dark Knight. Um, it's from 1998. And that one in that episode, you see um, Dark Knight Returns, Batman, and you see the same. Um, you see the Dick Spring, Batman and Robin fighting Joker, and you see the kind of heavily armored Osriel Batman in that episode as well. And there's all these different people that see Batman differently, and that this book is just to illustrate the different ways Batman has been seen over the years. So it's a great book. It's a great issue, issue mm-hmm. 94. Hopefully it's not expensive and it's affordable if you want to get the single issue. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but I'm sure if it's not, I'm I'm sure it's collected with other stories in a trade paperback that you can find. But it shouldn't be that hard to find. And the cover is great, too, because it's, a, um, it's like a collage of other uh, Batman covers throughout the years, and it has Batman in the middle as the main figure. Um, so, yes, I mean, Legends of the Dark Knight still is uh, the publication shows early encounters with of Batman in his early years, but also um, gives us the true legends of this character and his evolution in style and in storytelling over the years. Now, um, some stories I think are really great that, um, if you can, that are part of Legend of the Dark Knight publication, you should check out. Um, like I mentioned earlier, um, Legend of the Dark Knight crossed over into the No Man's Land major epic crossover arc in 1999, and that's in issues 116 to 126, so it's a full 10 issues. That's pretty big. Yeah, and well, I mean, No Man's Land is massive, so it's not really surprising, but if you are trying to (laughs) collect that, or even if you're doing the volumes, um, these Legends of the Dark Knight issues will be in there. Um, There's a great story. It's a Chuck Dixon story, um, and it has Ra's al Ghul and the Joker teaming up, actually, and they've never teamed up before in comics, and this is in Legends of the Dark Knight, uh, 142 to 145. Um, There is an arc called Snow, and it's a arc focused on Mr. Freeze, and you don't see a lot of arcs that are just Freeze stories. Uh, I'm pretty sure I discussed this in our episode that we did a while back that was a character spotlight on Mr. Freeze. This is issues 192? Or? Yes, yes, 192 to like 196. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, those are beautiful. Yeah. And that's a J.H. Williams the third uh, story, but yes, those covers are cool. I I think the art is is. is I mean, I thought the art in that whole series. I actually have that uh, collected. Yeah, you do. Yeah, Sweet. and um, <laughs> I the reason I bought it was because I thought the art was so great mm-hmm. and very detail oriented and just beautiful all around. Yeah. So, and and for people who like Mr. Freeze, that's a great Mr. Freeze story. Because like I said, there aren't, unfortunately, there aren't as many arcs about that character as you would think. But that Snow is a great story. And then I recommend um, the last issue in this volume one, um, that's Legend of the Dark Knight 214. And it is fittingly called Suspicious and Cowardly. And it almost does full circle and kind of does quotes and talks about um, the Detective Comics um, in 1939 that talks about uh, the creation of Batman, his origin story, which his origin story is placed in issue number one that we discussed in the beginning of this episode. So, what, you said it was 214? Mm-hmm. Suspicious and Cowardly. Mm. And that, within this volume... Because this has, uh, I'm looking, and it says Dark Knight versus Deadshot. yes. Oh, that's it. Yes, okay. Deadshot is yes, Deadshot is in this issue. He's suspicious and cowardly. <laughs> so, and I think that's great because, like I said, it goes right back to issue number one that we talked about that talked about the suspicion, the suspicious and cowardly lot, and goes right back to Batman's origin. So, Legend of the Dark Knight is one of my favorite Batman books, even to this day, even with all of the other. 
Batman books that have existed from Gotham Knights to Shadow of the Bat to The Dark Knight to all of them. Legends of the Dark Knight is a great book and they're great to collect. The whole series is wonderful and you get to focus on I mean there are other stories that focus on Catwoman and focus on Poison Ivy and even focus on Robin, Dick Grayson and kind of retells that origin and their first encounters, their early stories of Batman and I always like to see a young Batman. I think that's really fun to observe because we're always used to him knowing everything and knowing what to do and he's all on it and great and perfect but when you see him struggling a little bit trying to hone down these uh, techniques and these skills that we love now I think that's great for any Batman fan to kind of see how he has developed and evolved over time to see the growth I mean when you look at that volume one just a Batman and you're at issue 700 right (laughs) I mean yeah he he had to go through some trials to get to where he's at exactly so you got to keep that in mind when you're reading there is a growth you're just not always amazing you know and just able to solve any mystery yes (laughs) so yes so i would suggest you read the arcs and stories that we talked about today in this episode and when if you can just try to try to read this publication it's great i think it's a great batman arc story and yes, I, I yes, I think they're the stories I said were essentials. If you haven't read it before, I think they're great for Batman fans. Good. And if anyone has any questions, how can they get in touch with you? Yes, if you have any questions about this episode or you have comments, suggestions for other episodes, anything, feedback, you can always email me at historyofthebatman at gmail.com. You can follow on social media. You can follow on Instagram.com slash historyofthebatman. Um, We always have different history sessions. Uh, I think I am rounding out uh, Batman video games um, since the 30th anniversary of Batman and video games. So we've had a few weeks of that to kind of dive into all that awesome arcade and and video games, which has been fun. Um, You can also follow on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash hist of the Batman and on Facebook at facebook.com slash hist of the Batman. But yes, if you have any questions, comments, anything, you just want to say hi, you can always email me at historyofthebatman at gmail.com. Right. And also just for the listeners, if you want to go over to tpublic, T-E-E, public.com and type in History of the Batman, you can actually get the logo yes, on a T-shirt. on a T-shirt. So that's a pretty cool thing that as well. That is awesome. All so. right. Well, I'm Adam, and I'm signing off. I'm about to yes. jump on a plane and <laughs> head over to Switzerland and hopefully well, shout back at you guys. Yes. Well, of course, uh, again, I want to say thank you for over, this over a year of being on History of the Batman with me and, like I said, really getting me comfortable and wanting me to move forward and getting better each episode and Ah, each time. So So great. So thank you. So great. I'm very proud to be a part of the show, and thank you. Thank you, Mason Booker. You've been holding it down for the show, the network, since I got here, so that is much appreciated. And I just got to say you're doing a great job. So thank you for that, Mason. (laughs) And check out Anime Attic, Mason's own special podcast where they dust off old anime classics from the attic. Yes. And then talk about them. It's great stuff. So MeltComics.com, check it out. Come to the store, see what's going on. We've got tons of great things always happening here. And we will see you later, Shadow Adam. It's been real. Stay up, stay in the shadows, (laughs) and hopefully I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. London. Peace, love, and Batman.